As we see in that video, we believe to our core, right in our heart here at Whitewater, that no matter your background, no matter what you've been through, no matter who you are, what family you're from, whether it's your first time at church or your millionth time at church, that we all have equal access to God's love. We all have equal access in joining God's family. Merry Christmas, everybody. Good to see you. Merry Christmas. Um, I just want to welcome you. If you're new, if this is your first time, so glad you're here. And if we haven't seen you since Easter, we're really good to, glad to see you too. Glad you're here. And um, man, we got, we got such a great service planned, and I'm, I'm so excited to be able to celebrate Christmas, the time where God sent His Son in the form of a little baby um, to bring light and hope to a dark world. In the, in the book of Luke, chapter 1, there's this um, prophecy, this um, this verse that, that says this, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. One of the core messages of the Bible, one of the core messages that God has given to the world is the reality that people sit in darkness longing and waiting for light, longing and and waiting for a path to peace, a path to forgiveness, a a path to joy, a path to some good news in the midst of the darkness. We live in a world where people are sitting in different kinds of darkness, whether it's from their own doing or it's just the world or it's something that's even seeped into their soul and they're longing for light. Now, I don't know how you deal with darkness in your life or in your family, um, but when I was a kid, I uh, had a fear of the dark. Any people who had fear of the dark? I'd get afraid. I, I, would, read, I would stay up late reading in my bed, and, and um, I would read like adventure stories, and, um, and I, I would just get so hyped up, and I, it was past my bedtime, that's why I had my flashlight out, I have my covers over me, and you know, my parents are like, you're, you're, you're sleeping, right? Yep, I'll be good, and then get that on. And then all of a sudden, like late in the night, I'd have to go to the bathroom, so like, but it's all dark, the whole house is dark, and there's creaks and all that stuff, and I would just like get on my bed, and I didn't want to touch the floor, because it was really scary. It was dark, especially like around the, under the bed. For whatever reason, under the bed always just seemed so dark and creepy. And I just remember bouncing on my bed, just being like, and then hopping, or more like leaping, from the bed all the way over the carpet and onto the wood floor. Boom! My mom would wake up. Then you go back to sleep. I go to the bathroom. I come back, and then I'd have to run on the hardwood floor in my socks and leap from the hardwood floor onto the bed. And when I was younger, I couldn't quite make it. I'd like Carl Lewis, and I'd just be like, you know, my legs would be going, and then I'd hit the floor, and as quick as I could, I'd just be like, boom, and jump onto my bed because I was so scared. Any of you guys uh, afraid like this still? few adults here any any kids that have a little bit of a fear of the dark for honest I, I think it might run the family my uncle Kurt was deathly afraid of the dark and he and my dad would be hanging out sometime my dad was the older brother and uh, uncle Kurt was a little guy and they'd be talking and then it would get dark and out on the porch all of a sudden after, after talking my dad would all of a sudden go and he'd look out into the dark black nothingness my uncle Kurt would say stop it stop it and my dad would just keep looking out, and he'd be, he'd be like, what do you see? It's big. It's evil. And it's coming. You know, and he'd be like, no. And he'd get so scared. Stop it. He'd get so, my, my wife actually is uh, still a little scared of the dark. 
And when we'd be sitting out on our porch and see a beautiful sunset talking, it's romantic, it'd get dark, and all of a sudden I'd go, and I'd just start looking out there. It would just get dark. My wife would be like, stop it. Stop it. What's out there? It's big, it's evil, and it's coming. You know, and we would just, we would just have fun, but uh, not so much for my wife. But um, I remember one time we moved to the Northwest. Oh, hey, Mike, could you uh, grab that door for me real quick uh, with uh, people in the kitchen? Um, and if you guys haven't got a chance to, make sure you guys hit the pavilion on the way out because it's amazing. But when we first got to the Northwest as a family, I was in third grade. And um, I remember we weren't prepared for the Northwest so we'd never experienced the rain and the, and the weather. And all of a sudden, a, a big Northwester hit uh, the town we lived in. And uh, it was just, I mean, just gale after gale. And there were trees falling down. And then we were, it was, we were in the house. It was all lit. We had our TV set up. And it was like, pew, light was out. And I just remember that feeling of terror. I mean, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And uh, my, I had a little sister named Katie and my dad and mom. And we, we were not prepared at all. Like, we all stumbled toward each other. My mom's like, are you okay? And my sister's like, Mom, I'm scared. And I was trying to keep my cool because I'm in third grade at this point. So I'm like slowly coming to the rest of the family. And then my, my dad's like, where, where are the lights? Where's the flashlights? Where's the candles? And my mom's like, you were in charge of that. And he's like, well, I don't know where they are. We didn't, know what, we didn't have a clue what to do. And it was just pitch black. And the sound of like moaning, like wailing ghosts was coming out of this fireplace. You ever heard, you know, I've been in a house like that? And the house was creep, creaking, and it was just so scary. We never had a fireplace down in California. And um, my mom was just, she finally just took control. She was like, all right, guys, we're going to go look. You, Dad, you go downstairs, and kids, you know, start helping. And, and I was so, like, scared. I was kind of, like, pretending to help. I was looking in closets. And I, you can't see anything, so you're kind of feeling around. And I wasn't really looking. I was just scared. And then my sister's kind of just standing there. She was just crying. And my dad, he went downstairs in the garage, and he heard this, blah, 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 blah. And he fell over some boxes. He heard some words. He's a pastor, so I couldn't quite tell what he said. But he was like, oh, just the son of a gun. And, and, and then all of a sudden, after we heard this, I found it. And my dad's like, I found some flashlights. And he turned the flashlight on only to find the batteries were like, it was like, nothing. All the batteries, like all, all of it was not working. And he was like, who was supposed to change the batteries? My mom's like, you were in the pitch black darkness. And finally, as my mom's looking in rooms and in closets and all around, she reaches deep into this junk drawer, like deep in the bowels of this thing. And we hear this, I found it. I found it. And we all started making our way. And all of a sudden we heard this, the sound of a match hitting the paper. And this light came. And it, dis- and it dispelled some of the darkness. And she lit this candle and handed us candles. Just put them in our hands. And we gathered and we lit the candles around the room. And all of a sudden, the light started taking back over. We could see each other's faces and the fear dissipated. The Bible teaches us that every person has faces and is in some kind of darkness. And the question is, how do we deal with that darkness? How do we find light? And there's this story in the scriptures. It's, a, it's the story of Jesus being sent to the world. God bringing light to a world where the power has gone out, where the light is gone, where the connection with God is out. And here's the story. In Luke chapter 2, it says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire, the whole Roman empire, 
should be registered. There's going to be a census taken. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing, uh, governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph went uh, from, the, from the town in Nazareth in Galilee to, uh, to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem uh, because he was of the house and family line of David, King David from the Old Testament. Uh, so he went there to be registered along with Mary who was engaged to him and was pregnant. So she's about to give birth to a baby boy and the Roman government decides that they need a census because they need to make sure they're taxing enough and in their new tax plan, they need to make sure that they have everybody accounted for. And so you had to go back to, to your, country, your, your city of origin. And so he had to travel from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. And like on that trip, uh, his, his wife had probably had to ride on a donkey and she's about to give birth. I mean, she is days from giving birth and, and she's riding on a donkey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. Now, my wife just gave birth a few months ago. Our son is four months old, and his name's Wesley. And I, I, I will guarantee you, my wife did not want to climb on the back of a donkey when she's about to give birth, especially so the government could tax her more. I mean, she was not; she would not be excited about that. Just imagine Mary just muttering all the way down. Oh, yeah, these, these Romans, she's just mad. And, and they're heading down to do this thing. And it's a world that's very, in many ways, so different than ours. It's got a government that's caused a lot of uh, polarization in, in the world. There's some people that love the Roman uh, Empire, the Roman govern, government. There's some people that hate it. Uh, there's new, a new tax plan coming out. It's very different than our world. And um, there's all this... <laughs> there's a few of you guys. Slow burn there. And this is what's going on. And Joseph's got a pregnant wife, and, he, and, and they're trying to, to get to the town where they're supposed to go to. And it goes on to say that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, a, 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 an animal trough where animals eat out of. And because there was no guest room available for them, they stayed in a manger. At the same time, to this seemingly insignificant family that's having to make this arduous trip. In verse 8 it says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock, watching their sheep, protecting them from you know, wolves, protecting them from the bandits, protecting them from anything that would attack them, doing their normal job. And um, they're watching their flock. And I just think it's so interesting that in this story that maybe some of you have heard a thousand times, maybe you guys have never maybe even read the scriptural story, you just know and have heard it through like movies or something. But in this story that we come and visit, there's just one of the most powerful things. And here's what it is. These guys are just regular dudes, just doing their job out in in, in an insignificant corner of the world. Just nobody special, doing their normal job at night, watching their flock. And, and there's a world going on around them where they don't have a lot of control. They're Jews in the Roman Empire, and, and they don't have as much control as they want. And they're shepherds, and they're not wealthy. They're shepherds, and they're not hyper-religious. And they're not at the center of power, at the center of like where culture is happening. They're out like in the wilderness watching sheep. That's what they're doing. These nobodies, surrounded by all these somebodies, 
are about to have the light of God enter their life in a powerful way. It says in verse 9, Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of God, God's glory, His goodness, shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. Imagine that, like all this light, and you've never seen anything like this. It's like unimaginable. You're like, what? And the angel's like, it's cool. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid? Like, are you coming to take us home? Like, I'm running. You get to see these guys just not knowing what hit them. But the angel says, don't be afraid. I just think that's so ironic, too, because most of us, or myself, I'll, I'll speak for myself, I get more afraid in the dark than I do when the light's turned on. And all of a sudden, their world that's dark and they're nobody special, the light gets turned down by God, and they get freaked out of their minds. Don't worry, he says. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That will be for all people. I love that the good news that, that God gives to the world is for all people. It's not just for the somebodies, it's for the nobodies. It's not just for perfect people, it's for imperfect people. It's not just for like hyper, super religious people that are, that are trying to show how good they are by doing religious things. It's not just for the political people who are trying to get, like make their life right and, and get what they want through political means. It's not through the super educated. It's, it's not a message just, just for uh, you know, these elite people. It's a message for everybody. That we all can be included. And I love it goes on to say this. This message, this good news of joy for all people. It says, today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Who's the Messiah and the Lord. He's the Savior. He was born for you. And a lot of times when people come to church, when people come and gather, they might come here and they might think, you know, oh, this is cool and lights and there's music and that's nice and I feel good being with my family. But this isn't for me. You might hear from the Bible or see someone opening a Bible, see a Bible in the back and be like, the Bible's cool, but it's not for me. You might think about forgiveness. You might be coming here knowing that they've got some baggage and like, man, I know I've got some things I need to be forgiven for, but that's not for me. Maybe they're looking for purpose, and they're, but they're like, man, I, I just think I've blown it so many times and I've messed. It's just not for me. And maybe it's freedom, maybe it's joy, maybe it's hope they're looking for, but they're like, I don't know if that's for me. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God saw a world in darkness, uh, in, the, in, the, in the shadow of death, that couldn't fix itself, couldn't find its way out of that darkness. And God sends His Son, the light into the world, for you and for me. This is a personal message. This is a personal sentness, a personal light that is given to you and me who, who can receive it if we want, if we're willing. Will we receive the light that's being given? That's the question. So this light gets sent to the world, and the Savior is born, and the angel says this message for you, and this will be the sign for you. This will be the sign that God has broken into this world of domino, you know, like, it just feels like it's dominoes, like this affects this, affects this, it's cause, effect, I have no control over my life, and then God has broken in the sign that God is going to change the world, save the world, love the world, is this. You will find a little baby... Wrapped tightly in clothing and lying in an animal's food trough, a manger. How ironic is that? Nobody's looking for the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, God's, God's hand at work. No one's looking for it in the corner of this 
of the world in this Middle East little town in, Beth, in Bethlehem with this little baby. Like, no one's expecting that God would, would come and give his son in the form of human flesh. People are, are, are thinking this is going to be some mighty, amazing spiritual being. That the hand of God's going to be like this fire and brimstone. And no one's expecting that, that, that it's going to come in the form of baby. Nobody's expecting that. That shepherds are going to be like some of the first witnesses of this thing. And it's given to this poor mother and father who are nobodies. But that's what God does. He says, my sign that I'm with you is I'm going to send my son in poverty, in a manger, where no one's looking. And that's where the light's going to be. In a world that's looking for light in the darkness. And the only light that it's causing is more darkness. It's not causing more light. You're going to find my son where you least expect. Well, the angels hear this, and then it says, uh, suddenly there's a multitude of angels and a heavenly host and the, uh, with the other angel praising God and saying this, glory to God in the, in, in the he- highest heaven. Glory to him. May he be lifted up and peace on earth to the people he favors. And when the angels had left them and they returned to heaven and like the light went away, the darkness comes back, they're left alone. The shepherds said to one another, Levi, what did you put in that soup? Can you imagine that experience? Unreal. Did you just see that? Angels were singing. They say this. Let's go back. Let's go straight to Bethlehem. Let's go, let's go see what's happened. With, let's go see if, if what the Lord has made known to us has really happened. Verse 16, it says, They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, just like they had been told. And after seeing them, they reported the message that, that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. They, they shared their good news. They shared their joy. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been, as, as they had been told. So I, I want to leave you with just five thoughts and two responses. It's very simple. Um, very simple. And the first thing I think is really important to know from this story is many people are, that are in the darkness are trying to find, they're trying to find the light. Um, but they're looking in all the wrong places. Many of us, when we face darkness, when we're going through darkness, we start like getting frantic. We start getting freaked out. We start like, like I got to do something because I'm in the dark or there's this darkness in my life. And so they start looking for the light in all the wrong places. Uh, the, 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 the emperors that have gone through in this day, that day and age, the politicians, the religious people were looking for light in their own religion. They were look, like religious activity. Um, if they did this and they, and they prayed enough and they, were, they showed how great they were and how much they knew the Bible, uh, they could show that they were better than other people and they would create their own light. Uh, the politicians or the political way is, is if we use enough strength and power and, and kind of uh, use political means, then, then that, that's going to create our own light. 
And then you have people trying to get it through education. You had people who are maybe like trying to find their own light or escape from the darkness through, through addiction and addictive patterns or maybe through a relationship. They're, they're like, this, this relationship will give me the light I need, but none of it like, would deliver on the promise of light that would last. All of it would actually just lead to more darkness. It's like that flashlight that promised light, but it never delivered. That's like the world that they lived in. I, would, I will tell you, the world we live in, people are looking for light in all the wrong places. And they're not all bad things, but they're never going to be the source of all light and life. The second thing that I think, it's impo- that I think is really important to know is um, sometimes we find the light in the least likely of places, the places we went look. That second thing I think is so important. We're trying to, we're looking in all these other places, and the light is actually in the place we would never look. Uh, my mom found those candles in the junk drawer after everybody had been looking and looking and looking, and she found them in the junk drawer. You know, the, the, the shepherds went and found Jesus in a manger. Like, no one expected that. No one looked, was looking for him there. Sometimes you have to look in the least likely of places to find God's presence. Some of you sitting here might be experiencing God, maybe even missing on Him and His work in your life because you've been looking elsewhere. Keep your eyes open for the light. It's not always where you think it's going to be. It might be through a person. It might be through a a song. It might be through a, a moment of desperation where God comes in and He speaks to you. And, and the third thing is, we can't find the light on our own. How many of you guys know that? You can't find the light on your own. You can try to find the light, but you're not going to find My dad wasn't going to find a candle or a flashlight. I, he just wasn't. I wasn't going to find it. I was barely really looking. My sister was crying. She wasn't going to find one. My mom was the only one in that house that was going to find an actual light. And the reality is, those shepherds never would have found Jesus if, if the angels hadn't been sent with a message. And I'm willing to bet that many of us here who have gone through some kind of personal or hardship, a a dark time, or have been sitting in darkness, and there's no joy, there's no hope, or there's shame in our life, and we need forgiveness, that whatever it is, I'm willing to bet that God will use or has used someone to, to bring a message of hope to you. I'm willing to bet that maybe even that person's here that's brought you, or maybe you're going to meet them, and they're going to give you a message from their life that's going to bring hope to you. It's a hope about Jesus. It's going to point you so that in the right direction that, so that you can find him. Are you with me on this? So we, we can't find the light on our own. We need God's help. The fourth thing is when, we found, when we've been in the darkness, we need to bring what has been in the darkness to the light. What has been in our hearts, maybe what has seeped into our hearts in the darkness, needs to be brought to light. When we've been experiencing pain and hardship, it needs to be brought to life. We need to be brought to, life, to light. And when, we're, when we bring those things to light that we're ashamed of or where we've been hurt, where there's no joy, and maybe we're even angry at God, and like, God, why would you allow this to happen? Like, I remember when me and my wife went through a really dark time, we lost our twins um, to, to a miscarriage, and uh, it was a dark time for my family. We had to lift it to the light. We had to lift it to the light and, and let that light shine on it. And even when it's hard and in the midst of the darkness, we had to find hope. We had to look to that light. And I'm willing to bet there's people that are going through hard times here. 
Not everybody's having the perfect Christmas, the perfect life, the perfect family, the perfect job, the perfect future. And you got to lift it to the light. And if there's somebody here who's carrying heavy baggage, and often when you're like my family or my dad, you know, like you've been wandering around trying to find the light, you hurt yourselves and you trip. You could even hurt other people. I'm willing to bet there's some people that need forgiveness. You need to have that shame removed. You need to have a renewal in your life, a new start. And that can happen today because the message of joy and hope is for today and it's for you. Bring it to the light. C.S. Lewis has this amazing quote. He says this, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not because... I see the light, but because by the light, I see everything else. There's this reality that when we see the light of Jesus, when those shepherds saw Christ, there was something transformative. They saw the promise of God come alive. They're like the Savior of the world's in this manger. Like no one else knows about it, but God revealed that to us. How crazy is that? And they got to look at the light of Jesus, but the rest of their life was illuminated by that new revelation. Nothing was the same. They saw everything different. And when you come and you bring your life to the light you bring your sin and your shame you bring it to the light and you find forgiveness and you find freedom there's a reality that we also begin to see the world by the light we start to see the world differently amen and some of us got to start looking and seeing the world by that light and quit looking into the darkness and look by the light of christ the last thing the fifth thing is when we seek and find god we often find that he's actually been seeking and finding us. In the story of the shepherd, they're looking and you know, looking for Jesus, but they never would have known to look for him if God hadn't revealed that to him. And then and then when they find Jesus, I I I I think there was a moment where they realized that they've been seeking and trying to find him and they find the king, only to realize that God has been seeking them, that when they saw Jesus there, it was the sign that God was saying, I have been looking for you. And I have seen that you're lost in the dark. I've seen that you're afraid. I, I see that you need freedom and forgiveness. And, and, I, and you need to be found. And my son has been sent to find you. I'm willing to bet there's somebody here today that is either about to have this revelation in their life or has had it, where when you've been seeking and when you're looking for God and you're asking for God to come into your life because you need Him, you need that light in your life, that God has been looking for you. So the question really is, will you let yourself be found? Will you let the joy of Christ find you? Will you let God's forgiveness find you? Will you let the freedom from addiction or from some kind of slavery to something, will you let that find you? And will you find a relationship with Him? Will you let the light into your heart to dispel the darkness, to dispel the fear that's there? And you might be like, but George, you don't know my life. You don't know the darkness. You don't know this stuff. You're right. I don't know the darkness. I don't know what people have done to you. I don't know what seeped into your heart and the darkness that might even lie there. But I do know this. When you lift it to the light, you will find freedom and God will find you. So today, here's the two responses. Here's my challenge for you. When the, when the shepherds heard the good news, they responded to the good news of joy. And they sought Jesus. Today may be your day to receive the good news of joy, receive the good news of forgiveness, receive the good news of freedom, and let God find you. And so when you are holding a candle today, or holding it with somebody, 
My prayer is this, that when you light that candle, it's not just to look cool, which it will. And we finally, we finally get to have candles. We got permission. We haven't had them the last few years. And we finally got permission so we can do this. It's legal, I'm pretty sure. When it's lit, may this be a symbol of light. Maybe, may it be a symbol of receiving joy, maybe. Maybe today's your day to receive forgiveness from something. Maybe it's your day to receive purpose again. Maybe just to know that you're loved. Maybe it symbolizes being found. So my encouragement is when this is lit, to take a moment of prayer and say, God, forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. God, give me joy. I receive your joy. God, I I need freedom. Um, I receive your freedom. God, I need to be found. I receive the reality that you have found me. Let this be a moment that symbolizes that for you. And then the other thing that the shepherds is they shared their joy with someone. So when this is lit, and sometime today, would you share the step of joy, the step of hope you took today with somebody to give your joy, to let your light shine, and maybe light someone else's candle. Amen? Let's do that together today. I'm going to pray. Father God, we love you. We're so grateful for you. For those of us who feel like, man, I've messed up too much, and they don't know how bad this is, how dark it is. I pray that they would know and believe that your son was sent to the earth to live and then to die on the cross, to absorb all the addiction, to absorb all the darkness, to absorb all the evil and sin, to bring forgiveness, to bring light, to bring freedom, and to find people, Lord, to find the lost, those who are in the darkness, who are afraid and lonely and hurting. Lord, would you help us to lift the darkness in our life to the light and to find freedom in you. In Jesus' name, amen.